Hi everyone, welcome to episode 12 of the Planet K2 Performance Fix podcast. Today I am with Chris Shambrook and Keith Hatter. How are you both? Very good, thank you Adam. Yeah, very good, thank you sir. Awesome, fantastic. I thought it would be great um, if you could both introduce yourselves, um, just give a bit of a background just so that people um, who are listening to the podcast know a bit more about you um, and also what we're going to be talking about today. So Chris, let's start with um, you. Yeah, Adam, thank you. Um, yeah, Chris Shambrook, so one of the directors here at Planet K2. And, uh, you know, we are on a mission to help the world think, prepare and perform like elite athletes. And yeah, in, in terms of my perspective on that, I've spent the last 21 years as a psychologist working within Olympic sport. Uh, and that's provided me with a really valuable insight into how people uh, perform uh, in the highest levels of competition. Uh, and we've been able to translate a lot of the learning from that into the world of business over the last 15 years or so. Uh, and, and and we've spent a lot of time taking the science of performance and motivation and applying that to um, the businesses that we are really enjoying working with across a whole lot of different sectors. And so loads of stuff on performance psychology, a lot of... Uh, information that we share about uh, human performance and you know for, for me that's fascinating as a psychologist getting to work across these different environments different settings where you know to be honest we choose to share an awful lot simply about um, performance and motivation and that allows us to sort of you know get into a lot of different conversations about a lot of different things that businesses are doing things that they are aspiring to achieve and, and, and helping them really understand how some of the psychology of high level performance can, can help them become even better at what they need to do. So, you know, my, my role is to help sort of translate some of that um, sort of very uh, well developed understanding of sort of psychology into different environments and different different contexts as well. So uh, thoroughly enjoy doing that under under Keith's guidance. So uh, I'll, I'll hand over to Keith a little bit of introduction to you, to yourself, sir. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I'm not entirely sure it's under my my guidance. I think it might be the other way around, but I'll uh, I'll, I'll accept that. Thank you. Um, yes, I'm Keith Hatter. Uh, I uh, founded uh, Planet K2 uh, back in 2003, and and that was really on the back of a 25 year uh, journey in the in the corporate world, which uh, the last. 10 of those, I was a, a divisional uh, MD in a FTSE 100 business, incredibly, incredibly demanding environment, uh, very high pressured, um, uh, where you were about as good as your last three months results, if you, if you had a track record and probably your last month's results if you didn't. Um, and I became um, kind of obsessed with the idea that we weren't really equipping leaders and the people that they had the privilege of leading um, to, to thrive in those sorts of conditions because there was a whole lot of stuff that they were taught, but there was some really important stuff, particularly around... Uh, human performance and around motivation, uh, both for themselves and, and and those people around them, that they didn't know, and and they and and not only did they pay a price for that, but crucially, the businesses also paid a price for that in terms of in terms of the results. Um, so uh, on the back of that, um, I founded the business uh, back in back in two thousand and three, really on the on, with the premise that. Business generally, but performance particularly, should be a force for good, not not some sort of problem to be to uh, to be solved. Um, 
And uh, I think the piece that I, I, I particularly focus on, and I think the, 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 the bit that I bring um, that's of, of value is that direct experience in the world of work. So, you know, I, I don't come from, I'm not a sports psychologist, I'm not a psychologist of any sort. Um, uh, and I don't have a, you know, no background in kind of HR and, and L&D. And I think actually that stuff is really useful because um, I was on the receiving end. The teams I led were on the receiving end of a whole bunch of stuff, some of which was good, some of which, which wasn't so good, and some of which was pretty awful. Um, so having the opportunity to work with organizations around the world to help them get the most out of the talent that they have around them um, is something that feels like we are making a real difference in. And uh, yeah, um, the uh, uh, the engagement aspect of all of that um, is, 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 is crucial in the way that people find meaning um, in, in their work and at the same time deliver the best possible results for the organizations where they're working. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's me. Awesome. No, great. Um, re really useful. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned there the engagement word, which is going to be the topic of, of our conversation today on the back of uh, a great article that you've just written on LinkedIn. We wanted to spend a little bit more time on that. But, but you know, I guess if, if I reflect back on the last 15 years, it's probably within the last 10 years that people have become very excited about this concept of engagement while we've been quite happily just carrying on talking about, about maximizing understanding of helping understand the ingredients of motivation that can be used on a day-to-day -day basis to, to allow people to really engage with high quality motivation in an environment which is very important to them i.e their place of work so yeah it's been interesting i think looking at you know how we've been consistently wedded to the performance and motivation themes but there seems to be other topics around that get you know a lot a lot of um, focus uh, a lot of uh, interest um, but I think often, you know, we we wonder about, you know, what what difference is that really making to bottom line, or what difference is that making to the quality of life for the people who are committing themselves to organisations? And I, I guess that's that's been interesting. And you know, you you've just written some really provocative thoughts about engagement on LinkedIn. Um, I'm just wondering, Keith, what the motivation was for you wanting to sort of share those thoughts personally and in the specific way that you did and 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 i guess giving a little bit of context in terms of what you actually see employee engagement is as well so if you could do both of those things what's employee engagement and you know what was the motivation for you sharing your thoughts about it as a topic yeah so i, th I think the, the the first question that what actually is employee engagement kind of goes to the core of the core of the issue because uh, i suspect if you ask three people um who are involved in that in one way, shape or form, you might get five different answers. Um, and because it's, it seems to have lost its way. I, I, from, from my point of view, um, uh, engagement, and I think the employee word is also really interesting here, I won't mind just chatting about that, but the, the engagement um, seems to be a proxy for kind of discretionary effort. I mean, that, that's, that's, you know, where the whole thing kind of started from was that, you know, if, if, individuals uh, were really connected in, with, with their work um, uh, at some sort of emotional level and they had some meaning in, in what they were doing, then uh, they would you know, uh, display more discretionary effort and 
as a result of that, they would deliver uh, a higher standard of performance and, and, and better results. So it, you know, originally, I think the premise was very simple, um, which was that if people are connected uh, more closely um, with, uh, with their work, then the quality of their work would be better and the results that the organization got would be better. Um, from that point onwards, we seem to have diverged greatly from that. Uh, and in too many cases now, that direct linear connection between uh, engagement as it is currently understood and, and undertaken and the results of the organization um, has been lost um, to the point where um, engagement has started to mean many things to many people and, and, and not particularly connected to, to results. Um, uh, and a lot of the time, not particularly useful for the people who are on the receiving end of those who are trying to engage them. Um, so, you know, as soon as you start to talk to people in businesses about engagement, uh, you just see eyes rolling. Uh, apart from the you know two or three activists who are just loving doing engagement, um, the 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 motivation for for writing the piece was probably um, well it, it, I needed to write it otherwise I was going to scream and and no one wanted that to happen um, because uh, there is so much effort and energy and expense put into the area of um, engagement. And often, and I think generally, generally, or perhaps probably overwhelmingly well-intentioned, but it doesn't seem to be particularly well thought through in terms of the original premise. Um, and with all the surveys that go on, with all the analysis that goes on, with the spirit, taking into account the spirit with which those things are done, um, uh, so many organizations seem to have lost their way. And as a result of that, I think two things are happening. One, there's a whole lot of resources, I think, being wasted unnecessarily, uh, both financial but also um, uh, emotional resources being wasted unnecessarily um, and lots of energy being wasted unnecessarily. Um, uh, but we're also letting down the people that, that, that we're supposed to be helping here and um, uh, where we're supposed to be, you know, creating workplaces where there is real meaning and where that discretion, discretionary effort happens as a result of, of, that, of that connection. So it was um, the, 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 the kind of prompt for writing it was just increasing levels of frustration um, about something that's really well-intentioned, but I think over the years has become really misdirected and is in danger of, of uh, becoming something that's disrespected and I think if that happens, um, then we may well end up just letting down the very people that we're supposed to be helping. Now that that that's useful. And it gets me thinking about when we, um, you know, share our thoughts about willful underperformance to people. When when you end up either doing something or not doing something that you know is not going to make a material difference to the performance and the results that you're going to get, so you're willfully underperforming, and it seems that engagement focus might be sort of going down that route. You, you mentioned you wanted to say something about the employee component of employee engagement. Is, is, is there any additional detail there around that? Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, you, you, you can get um, uh, read too much into a word, but I think here it, 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 it really matters. I think it really matters for, for two reasons. Um, 
one, I think it, I think it is a great example of where the current spirit comes through. So, yeah, what necessarily follows from that phrase employee engagement is that employers are doing engagement to employees. And I think that's absolutely at the heart of the, 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 the issue here. And the other is it's just not really well thought through. So in most organizations, everyone up to and including the chief exec are employees. So who's engaging the chief exec? Who's engaging the, 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 the board? What about the people who aren't employees? You know, people that, that have their own businesses, people that, that have different kind of work spaces. Um, the idea of having meaning in your work should not be a limited to people who have a tag employees. Because if you follow the thing through that logically in most conventional organizations, that means the shareholders are responsible for, for engagement because everyone else is an employee up to and including the, 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 the chief exec. Um, but it's also got this spirit of we are going to uh, do this engagement thing uh, to uh, uh, to people who are um, uh, have a different, if you like, status or hierarchy in the organisation. And, and and finally, as I said, it, it, it just the, the word excludes a whole lot of people for whom meaning in their work is equally important. So I, I, it just no longer seems like an appropriate term, and I think it's unhelpful um, because it has that hierarchy, slightly parent-child thing about it. Yeah, and, it, and it, it's interesting as well because it kind of makes you wonder, well, what's happened from people applying to work somewhere and being selected to actually become part of the organisation for the organisation to then think that their motivation is going to decline so quickly that they need to be engaged? Um, you know, that, that that's not a huge amount of confidence, is it, really, in terms of what it is that you're asking people to become, become part of rather than, you know, actually thinking about what a great opportunity is to partner with ambitions to create something together and find a place to work and an opportunity to find out how good you can be where there's mutual benefit to be achieved and you know which, which will start speaking much more towards intrinsic motivation than perhaps some kind of in, extrinsic manipulation of people's motivation um you know i think that's it's interesting when you do kind of deconstruct it in that way is is there is there anything from you from the sort of points in your linkedin article is there one of the points that sort of you know sparks your concern about employee engagement the most you know there, there were eight i don't think they were sequential in terms of order of importance but i could be wrong can you is, is, is there one that sort of vexes you the most um so i think you know there are a couple just following on from your last point chris um i think part of what's hardwired into the narrative of the current approach is that work is work is shit and life is good and therefore we should need to rebalance the things um, and i think that speaks directly to the point of you know what what is it about our kind of mindset and our beliefs about work that as soon as somebody joins and generally their motivation and energy and level of connection and excitement and desire to expends discretionary effort is pretty high and then we kind of hardwire in this thing that's going to you know try and stop it falling um because we have this belief that you know inevitably that's going to happen and, and i think that's 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 part of the the, the issue uh, the, the 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 second one is 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 just this really clunky completely inappropriate approach about um asking asking questions about how engaged and, and the whole bizarre for me you know if, if we if we substitute um engagement with the word love 
we would take a very different approach. So, you know, we generally, if we want somebody to love us, we don't send them a questionnaire about, you know, how well are we doing on the love front and uh, what can I do to improve um, uh, uh, the uh, uh, sense that, of love that you might have for me? Because simply by doing that, we actually make things worse. And, and that's what's happened. Um, the, simply, the, 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 the approach that, that, that's taken, ironically, I think, is actually making people feel, um, uh, uh, feel less engaged. And, and if I can have a third thing, um, it's, it's the lack of this link to performance. So I, I've had conversations with organisations who um, uh, are really unhappy that on the basis of the questions that are being asked from you know, relatively standard engagement questionnaires, that individuals or teams seem to be scoring uh, pretty, uh, pretty low um, in terms of those questions. But actually, if you look at their performance and their results, they're really good. Um, so this idea that we actually know what's best for you instead of decoding great performance and understanding actually what those individuals need and want to continue that great performance and continue to deliver those results, um, that, that, that tends not to happen. And, and, and you see the same on the opposite side where you've got leaders who seem to be you know, happy that the engagement scores are, are high, or certainly the engagement activists are happy that you know, particular individuals or teams have, have high engagement scores, um, even though their results might be eye-wateringly average. And, and that shouldn't be happiness, because that's not why this whole thing was, was, was invented. It was about uh, harnessing discretionary effort to deliver better performance, to deliver better results. And that's why when I go to events, you see people who are really enthusiastic about engagement talking to themselves. You know, I've yet to see a CFO, I've yet to see a CEO stand up at any of these events and say, this is why I'm passionate about engagement and this is what, you know, this, this is the impact that it's had on our results. We're not talking to the people that really matter here because everyone kind of knows that the approach, not the philosophy, I want to emphasize that because Providing meaning in, 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 in work is massively important. Uh, it should be a force for good. So it's not the, it's not the philosophy, but the approach is so wrong. Um, uh, and, and I think everyone knows that. And that's why I think the article had the kind of reaction that it did, because, you know, finally, maybe, you know, someone's just said, I think this might be a bit crap. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's making me think here around also, is there another narrative that goes along the line, we need to do this engagement thing because we're not engaged enough and we need to be more engaged rather than being driven from a place of curiosity and trying to find out what's the nature of engagement that we require given our organisational demands and the people that we've got and how good can we be at creating and sustaining that version of engagement. I just wonder if, if you've got any thoughts on that about this kind of deficit model but you know we're not engaged enough come on get more engaged come come and have a barbecue uh, uh, absolutely there is a there is a quiet arrogance that underpins the current approach um which kind of goes back to that 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 point of why don't we decode great performance within our organization so instead of taking a a, a standard survey um from uh you know an organization that that's 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 um providing that to us why don't we look at those individuals, those teams, those parts of our organization that have performed really well, really consistently, and have delivered really great results, and understand 
actually, what, what, what do you need to, to make that happen? What's going on there for you? Because that's the thing we want to nurture. That's the thing we want to nourish. That's the thing we want to develop. Um, and, and so listening to the people that, who, in whose, performance, whose performance is in our care, and understanding what they need and want. Of course, they might, there will be some expertise. There'll be some understanding around how human, motiv- uh, human motivation works and how human performance works. But that should be the thing that kind of comes, comes second. We should first of all go and have a look at what's going on for, 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 for you and what do you need and want from, from us, rather than this very parent-child approach of saying, we know what questions we need to ask and these are the things that need to be better. Oh, and by the way, Lisa, you need to make those scores better, even though they may be absolutely no relation to what the individuals in that part of the business and what those teams in the part of the business need and want in order to keep their their, their high quality of motivation, to keep their high levels of performance, and, and as a result of, of, of those things, to be continuing to uh, deploy a massive amount of discretionary effort. Uh, the, the, the whole approach is... is is born, I think, of a, of a hubris and an arrogance that, that says, "Kind of, we know best." And and, and I think it, you know, it's interesting because it, it sparks up the thought process of who who is responsible for engagement and how, and how do we get it to rather than the parent-child approach, where where it's an adult-adult and there's a shared responsibility and a shared curiosity for you know collaborating towards creating an environment that people find you know there is high quality motivation around and i think that's that that the collaborative piece i think is is a really interesting one and i I wonder if there's any thoughts you've got around that in terms of you know what what does it what, what does it look like in addition are there further things that we'd be thinking about if you know engagement is everyone's problem not a hierarchical um kpi to pursue well, well, you know, the reality of the current approach is that however often the um, uh, engagement surveys are undertaken annually or, or twice annually, um, the um, everyone knows when the surveys are going out. Yeah. Leaders think about, oh, dear, you know, our scores aren't going to be very good because we've just had to do some restructuring. or uh, and, and so they might try and manipulate things because they know the survey is going out. Um, so let's have a company barbecue uh, just beforehand and, and, and do some happy stuff. Um, and the reason why leaders are doing that is because a lot of them are targeted or bonused on their scores. And we know what happens when you start targeting people on, on scores, particularly when it's scores related to how people are feeling. Um, the, the, the survey goes out and then, you know, a couple of days before the results come in, leaders are crying in their cornflakes and, you know, in, in the morning, wondering what results they're going to be presented back with. And, and the narrative of, of the, that's behind those results is here are, here, leader, here are your engagement scores of the people that, 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 that you lead. Uh, here's the stuff you need to fix. Um, and, and again, it, it, it's so parent-child, it's so patronising um, because if I filled in an engagement survey, however good, bad, or indifferent the questions are, if I filled in that survey, those numbers are my numbers. I own those numbers. So I have an equal responsibility to understand and then act upon the things I need to do to make me more engaged, more connected with the organisation where I work. Now, they're, they're my numbers. Um, so. I've got a primary responsibility to do that. Of course, leaders have a particular responsibility and a particular role to, within the, the best of their ability and within all the constraints that, 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 um, that exist in, in different organisations, 
um, to be able, as far as is reasonably possible, to create the best possible conditions for that, that, that performance, that motivation, that engagement to thrive. But there is an equal responsibility for everyone in the organization to make sure that they are doing everything they can do to be uh, as connected as possible in all sorts of different ways with, with their work. Um, but uh, right now, that isn't what happens. Um, I think I think I said in the article, I, in, in, in the last 15 years, I can remember one organization, and I don't even know if they're still doing it, but one organization who took that approach and teams would sit down and say, okay, well, here are our engagement schools. What are we going to do about them? Um, uh, but that was an absolute exception. The rest of it, uh, the rest of the time, it's generally... Uh, right, well, leaders, you're responsible for engagement. You need to go and fix that. And you, 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 it's not something, it, it doesn't work that way. You, you don't get people emotionally connected with, 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 with something by doing stuff to them. You can't get people emotionally connected with something. You can create an environment in which people have the very best chance of connecting themselves with it. And that's a fundamentally different approach. Um, but it requires leaders and engagement ad, uh, activists and advocates actually to let go and, and, and not try and have control of this thing that isn't really a thing. It's an outcome of uh, the way in which we work. Um, uh, and that, so that, that, that kind of top-down approach, who owns engagement, I think, again, is absolutely core to the issue here. And, and I say all of these things with a passion that this stuff really matters. So, you know, the, the, the point of the article was not that we should just kill engagement, but that we should upgrade the system. Because if you look at the numbers, and, 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 and this is, you know, I, I don't understand why, why this hasn't happened beforehand. If you look at the numbers published by the very people who um, uh, are, have a vested interest in the current uh, process, if you look at the numbers, the needle hasn't moved in terms of how much progress we're making. So in the last 15 or 20 years, however many millions, tens of millions, possibly hundreds, have been spent on engagement around the planet. And I think on average, you've moved about five percentage points. Well, that's like the worst investment since, you know, uh, since time began. So it has to change. Oh, it has to change from a shareholder's point of view. It has to change from a leader's point of view. And it has to change crucially from the point of view of the people whose performance we should be caring for. Yeah, I, th I think it would be fascinating if there was a survey that actually aggregated each individual's perception of how well they think they've contributed to a high quality environment within which everyone is engaged. Um, you know, that, that, that would instantly start changing the, the, the focus of the question and, and, and who's responsible for providing the answer. And, you know, I, I, absolutely, Chris. And at the moment, it's much more about accountability than responsibility for behaviour. And, and, yeah. and, and that, that has to change. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it was interesting. I think one of the, one of the responses on the article did mention something that we talk a lot about, you know, that great leaders don't motivate, they're superb, but not demotivating. And I think, you know, I think that point is appropriate here as well, because, you know, through all this conversation, we're really looking through the topic of, of engagement um, as a proxy for motivation. Um, and, you know, and, and I think where we start focusing on everyone's opportunity to maximize sense of control maximize confidence that, that you can contribute and make a difference maximize connectedness to a shared purpose if those conversations are being had with a shared performance and outcome in mind you know that's kind of, that feels to me like kind of 
creation of a great environment and leaders playing a great role to keep making sure we're having the right conversations that the product of which will be really good performance really good results and and, and people taking responsibility for motivation and you know we, we don't even need to mention the engagement word in there we just think about what are the conversations that might happen when you join an organization and you then become part of on a day-to-day -day basis you know as as you all support each other to to work towards a, a you know some some shared uh, important common goals um and i wonder if there's anything else you, you know for you on the self-determination theory and though you know the sort of uh, dietrich and ryan's work that that also is important for you here yeah so i think you know you're absolutely right chris it's one of those things the minute you start talking about engagement to somebody who you want to be more engaged almost as soon as you've talked about it you've made it worse it's one of those things where i think you have to come at this from a different angle and we could do a lot worse a lot worse than making sure that leaders who are have a responsibility to care for the performance of the people they lead had a, a really good understanding of human performance and how that works, a really good understanding of human motivation based on the decades of research that exists. You know, one, one, of the, one, of, one of the challenges that, that we face is that you know, when, it comes to, when, it, when it comes to the numbers in the business, uh, everyone recognizes expertise and will generally turn to the, to, to, to the CFO and see what they think if there's a call that needs to be made on it. Um, you know, if it comes to technology, then, then, then you know, we'll, might turn to the IT director and understand that there's some, some, some expertise around the table. When it comes to human motivation, suddenly everyone's an expert. Um, and everyone's got opinions, uh, some of them um, well-meaning, some of them uh, really ill-informed. But it's the, the, the expertise is not recognised. And that is um, uh, in danger of letting people down massively because it means leaders don't really know how to, how, how, how to lead and people on the receiving end of that leadership um, uh, suffer. So we could do an awful lot worse than have an approach which educates leaders around performance, around motivation, educates people in the business and helps them understand how they can start to think of themselves as, as, uh, as a performer, not based on, on some, you know, the, the, the latest guru, not, not based on, uh, well, you know, blow down the pub conversation or not, not based on what somebody happened to have seen go on in an organization, but based on decades of research, really good quality evidence about this is this, this is how this stuff works. And leaders are not educated with that. And I honestly believe that part of the issue here is that the leaders know that they're not educated with it. And so the, the easier option is to do symbolic engagement type stuff that at least says, well, we're doing something. Um, but it's lazy because it's easier to do symbolic stuff. It's easier to have events. It's easier to, to, um, uh, to look at dress down days or company barbecues or birthday cards or all of that kind of stuff and what's a lot harder because it takes um uh, uh work it takes dedication it takes takes focus is to make sure that our leaders are really well prepared and are superbly ready to 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 lead around the areas of performance and motivation and that, that everyone in the organization sees themselves as a performer if those sorts of things start to happen and then you have conversations around those things then i'll tell you what the magic will happen and people will feel more engaged but don't ask them how engaged they are it's just such a stupid question yeah yeah absolutely and you know it makes me think about the kind of 
the Olympic environment, which you know cer- certainly is is not always a a perfect reference point, but uh, but I think about the fact that has an engagement officer ever existed in those environments? Has, has a continuous improvement director ever existed? Has has a learning and development department ever existed in those organisations? No, because what's embedded in everyone who works there is a knowledge that we need to be pursuing and understanding everything possible about performance and about what it takes to keep us in the best shape possible based upon the research you know in 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 our, in our readiness to c- commit to trying to win and i think you know that that's that's really interesting that some of the changes now where there are people roles coming in is is a recognition of sort of making sure that there's a recognition of the importance of the of the humanity and keeping the athletes and everyone involved sort of focus as being people but certainly you you don't see these roles being created to try and compensate for the fact that people don't know stuff or they're not doing it as part of their dna yeah Uh, and and, and, you know the danger is as soon as you make a uh a a department part of an organization responsible for something it becomes it's no longer your responsibility so as soon as there's you know a, a, a group of people who are responsible for engagement the silent message and all of that if i'm you know uh uh an employee uh in that organization is that it's actually not really my responsibility. It's those people because they're in the engagement group. Yeah. yeah and and there's, a, there's a message that gets sent that says we're taking that responsibility away from you. And, yeah. and, and that's so fundamentally flawed. Yeah. 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 What's the engagement department ever done for me lately? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's important. We've got, I've got a couple of minutes left, Keith. So I'm just thinking about sort of, you know, wrapping things up in terms of the thinking that you've done, is is there anything that sort of, you know, action that you want to call or is there a start of a solution that you see? What, what What's the kind of, what's the so what here? Yeah, so I, I you, you know, I'm pleased you asked because there is a danger here that I become the, you know, the old bloke with the placards just waving it and protesting about the current um, uh, approach uh, without offering anything up. And as you know, that's not something that that that, that uh, I particularly uh, particularly like. I think we have a responsibility to offer up solutions. Um, I think the solution is is staring us in the face. I think it. I, I think there's there's a there's a, a a different approach here, which is not about surveys, which is not about hierarchy, which is not about doing engagement, but is about um, equipping people to see themselves as performers and making sure that we are all responsible for creating the right quality of motivational climate and and um, and leadership education um, around those crucial areas of um, of performance and, and motivation. Um, I think if those things were happening and happening in a practical sense in terms of the sorts of conversations that were going on, then um, uh, then I strongly believe that the engagement scores would, would move. And, and, and so, uh, you know, I guess, you know, as a result of the article, what I've been thinking about is, is there a call to arms here? Is there a call to arms about some sort of rebel alliance that uh, of all the people that have responded to the article and reacted to it and, and, and who want to do this a different way? Um, and we can create a new alliance um, that's about... Um, focusing on the things that will will really make a difference, focusing on that much more direct connection between the things that we do, the conversations that we have, performance motivation, and crucially, results. Um, and I think there is another approach. Um, so part of the, I guess, call to arms here is if you know if there are people out there, and particularly not not excluding those people who are in the middle of the engagement world right now, but 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 the finance directors, the IT directors, the 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 the, the CEOs all of whom 
understandably are passionate about the results because those those things really matter um, and understand of course they do that the motivation of the people in those organizations that they lead uh, will have a direct result uh, a direct impact on the results they want to achieve um, to make that connection greater um, so that we build a bigger community around this thing called engagement through having better education and higher quality conversations rather than do, uh, having events and initiatives. So I think there's an engagement 2.0. If the current approach is engagement 1.0, I think we need to upgrade ourselves to 2.0. Uh, and I think those things I've just mentioned are, are, are part of what, um, in my head, some sort of rebel alliance that, that, that creates engagement 2.0 um, uh, could could lead around. No, absolutely, you know, re really clear as well. And, and I think, you know, conversations we're having that definitely, you know, be wanting to put things in place for people that give them the confidence that you know that they're, they're getting uh, the engagement focus right for them you know backed by you know the expertise that is available to them as well so no great insights Keith thank you very much you know we and we wanted to do that as well to to give people the opportunity to kind of you know engage engage a little bit more with the engagement article and get into some of the thinking behind it and here here's some of the passion behind the words even though that comes through loud and clear anyway uh, and, and I guess you know my, my recommendation would be as well to people that yeah, if you want to look a little bit more around the performance and motivation stuff, you know, get over to theperformanceroom.co.uk. We've got loads of free information available there about, you know, some of the things that Keith's talking about in terms of how you can move things forward. If you're a pro member, also really sort of great stuff that you can get into around, you know, some of the building a high performance culture, which has a, you know, an output of that motivation and engagement are likely to be elevated as well so so lots of great practical stuff there as well so uh, again thank you very much keith we look forward to keeping the conversations going with those who've responded to the article and those who are listening here today as well adam thank you very much for teeing us up and uh, getting everything sorted um I'll, I'll hand back over to you with one final thanks to keith thank you thanks chris thanks Adam. thanks guys um just finally if they want to contact you or both of you what's the best way of doing that uh, for me, so it's Keith here. Um, my email address is probably the best one. So that's Keith, K-E-I-T-H, with another H on the end. So that's Keith H at planetk2.com. Um, be, uh, be be delighted to hear from, uh, from anyone that wants to uh, get a hold of me or you can find me on, on LinkedIn and message me through there. And same format for me, Chris, with an extra S on the end of it, Chris S at planetk2.com as well. Awesome. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. Absolutely fantastic podcast. And we look forward to um, introducing our next one over the next few weeks.